Hello there, and welcome back to the New York Yankee Nation podcast. This will be the first Monday episode. This will be containing Ryan's news and Brian's history lesson. This episode will be an uplifting one compared to the last couple ones. Uh, this is Yankees went six and what? No, five and one in their last six games since we last recorded. Very exciting. It's Monday, June 21st, 1250 when we're recording this. Uh, to start off, we didn't record yesterday, so happy Father's Day. We have one father here, so Brian, again, happy Father's Day. Thanks. How, how are you guys? Are, how are we doing after this week of Yankee baseball? Doing Feeling good. Well. Yeah. Week went as well, about as well as you can um you can hope it hope it went you know five and one you can't ask much more for the more than that and the rays and red sox are starting to, to struggle a little bit which is nice yeah to see. so um yeah, yeah. So. you win three against a division rival you sweep them that's always a good sign away from away from the park by the way and yeah uh, yeah you gain four games you gain four games back over the week uh i'd say it was a pretty good a pretty good happy week there and then yeah. uh you know, top it off with a great Father's Day and a great pop 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 bright guy from day. That was awesome. So yeah, we were we were talking last week on the Tuesday episode, I believe. Well, I think both of the both episodes where it was kind of consistent theme of we need to win this week in order to get us into good spirits. And then we needed to kind of sweep the Blue Jays because we haven't really played well against the Blue Jays, and that was kind of necessary. Division matters, especially now, especially when we played a lot of our division games already. Yeah. Um, we're going to go more into a deep dive into the those five wins in the episode that will be coming out on Tuesday around noon. Uh, so definitely keep a lookout for that. But as of right now, we're going to start off with Ryan's news. Yeah, let's get into it. So... Uh... Yankees coming off a good week of ball, get some reinforcements coming back in. Um, Luke Voigt, home run leader last year, coming back to the lineup after the oblique strain. Uh, he had been playing uh, rehab games uh, for about a week. And uh, it's not official yet, but the writing's kind of on the wall with Chris Gittins getting optioned back to AAA after um, – after Sunday's game, uh, after on being on the receiving end of a triple play, by the way, to end the game. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Severino was also seen jogging, I, I believe, at the stadium, and he was out there when Corey Kluber was doing his throwing program of uh, 60 feet. So those guys are still uh, substantial weight away, but uh, with the Yankees kind of – reinserting themselves into the American league East conversations. These are guys that you hope to have for that stretch run to try and make a run at it. And um, last bit of injury news I have is Darren O'Day and Justin Wilson, the relievers uh, O'Day is closer to rehab stint first, but they're both throwing bullpens right now. And um, it would be nice to see both of them back. I know uh, I, O'Day was pitching well before he went down and uh, Wilson had struggled before, before that point. And, um, but he has pitched well in prior years and would be nice to have another, another piece uh, in the bullpen. Hopefully, uh, I mean, maybe uh, with some of the guys who have been struggling like Wendy Peralta, maybe he could step in and have a chance to take that role. Um, but that, that's all in the injury news I have uh, before I get to Cap Cashman's press conference and a little bit of a prospect highlight. Uh, you guys have any, have anything, uh, have any takes on the injury stuff? Uh, I'm excited for Luke Voigt. That'll be awesome. Uh, Sevy and Kluber. I will say something and Ryan, you can double check me on this, but uh it sounds like August might be the time of return for them, like late August, early September. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I think so. so if that's like the, that's when you kind of want them back 
in order to like that playoff yeah. push run to finalize a starting rotation. It's kind of like we don't really need to trade for a starting pitcher on the trade deadline because we're expecting them to come back and be at least solid. So that's that's kind of good. And then the O'Day Wilson stuff. This bullpen's pretty good right now. And I think if everybody's healthy, it gets a little weird. Like we don't have any like arms, maybe except for like Loisaga, who I, I would feel comfortable going like two innings. So I think that's where like maybe King, then you would hope that a starting pitcher would be taking King's spot so King could go to the bullpen and be kind of like the long man. But good arms are good arms, and I'm never going to say no to having good arms come off the IL. So, yeah, yeah. hopefully Wilson can come back and figure some stuff out. But O'Day, I'd be yeah. excited for I think it's going to be important if, from the relief or relief pitcher standpoint. We are we do have a glut, uh, and and with these guys coming back, it would get even even more crowded. But those are trade chips, and um, when you're looking when you're looking to see what kind of value the team can bring for any kind of a trade to get later on, we'll talk about that stuff. Whether you know whether are we looking for an outfielder, we're we looking for a starting pitcher. Well, the good news is two starting pitchers are working their way back, and the deadline's a long way off, but you know, you've got to start looking to see what, what your assets are. And um, I think that's good. I think Luke coming back is going to be great. Um, I, I think that, you know, uh, he, I guess he, he, he and uh, one of our upstarts uh, hit back-to-back home runs for the Somerset Yankees uh, um, yesterday in yesterday's uh, game and stuff. So it looks like he's on track again. And uh, let's hope he can uh, keep the oblique from getting tight again and getting getting sore and just keep moving on because it'd be nice to have a regular first baseman. It would be nice to have a little more flexibility on the infield side. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean the the big the it, Luke Luke coming back and playing at his caliber would be huge for this team because you'd have you kind of have like those four um, those those big four hitters now um, with Sanchez's resurgence and um, yep. mm-hmm. judge and Stanton. Then you add Voight who is uh, yep. just as much of a threat as those guys when he's, pl- when he's playing up to his caliber, yep. um, the, that would be a v- very big boost for the lineup. And, and that middle of the lineup would start to get lengthened a little bit. And as well as the, the bullpen guys coming back, that would lengthen the bullpen as well. Yeah. With, yeah. I mean, we have Michael King as our fifth starter right now, who isn't like, you can't really expect too much length out of him. And um, obviously the starting pitchers are, are two of the big pieces that we need back for the stretch run and uh, good to see them working their way back. Um, No. Yeah. Luke is also a good, he's got a great eye at the plate. Yeah. You know, and I would say between DJ judge and Luke, they probably, well, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I, I don't, I want to throw Torres in there, but Torres does chase, but, um, but you know, those guys probably have the best eye at the, in the batter's box. And that's always, that's always good. Cause you know, uh, Luke, Luke may not, you know, hit the ball uh, for a home run every time, but he's got a great on base percentage. Yeah. yeah. And, and I do want to highlight Sanchez's improvement as far as like, just Yep, having a, a good eye this year is that, that's part of why he's playing so well. Is um, he is he, I think his walk rate is as high as it's ever been as well. Mm-hmm. So that's good to see, and he's hitting the ball hard, and um, he's hit the ball to the opposite field, which yeah, yeah. yeah. San- that's when Sanchez you know Sanchez has, is going well. Yeah, um, Sanchez has been doing some good things. I definitely know we're gonna get on in that in the next episode. Yeah. Um, Cashman had a press conference fresh off the uh, the Boston sweep, and that was kind of like a that was like peak anger at the time for Yankee fans. It was kind of like the the, the five and ten start. Cashman had a press conference on an off day. He said we're gonna like oh this team's gonna turn around. They they played big, good baseball for a bit, and then they had another bad stretch. And Cashman has another press conference. Um, so, something that I got that. Uh, from that press conference, I got the sense that, that Hal did talk to him about like, Hey, we need to be accountable and you need to speak to the media right now because things are not going well. And they're, they're, 
they're not, they're not hearing anything from the guy who put this team together. So understandably, he spoke to the media in a press conference and also did an interview with Meredith Marakovic, uh, uh before the first game of the Toronto series. And um, some notable things to say to to keep in mind is that he basically admitted that him and Boone are tied together at the hip pretty much uh, not too surprising, but I mean, he said it pretty much. Uh, I mean, as much as you can say it, as, as Cashman said, he was asked about Boone and said, yeah, we're all in this together. Um, he also mentioned the luxury tax threshold and said, it's always a conversation with Hal to go over it at the deadline. Um, I doubt that they'll go over, especially after all the work that they did to try and stay under it in the off season to, to structure those contracts. Um, that doesn't mean that I think there won't be a move because I, I see the Yankees making a substantial move before the deadline. Um, one thing he mentioned with Meredith is also uh, the, he mentioned the offensive struggles and part of the reason for the offensive struggles has been like, just the amount of ground balls that have happened. And uh, something I noticed over the past week, since he said that is DJ is looking more like himself and yeah. he is lifting the ball more. He's not just pounding it into the dirt. Like he has <laughs> to start the year and like many others have, but um, uh, DJ LeMahieu looking more like DJ LeMahieu is huge for this team. And I, I've yep. been, I've been, kind of hard on him recently because I mean, just because of how important he is. I mean, when he, when he's getting on base for judge and Stanton behind him and geo and Glaber and Gary now it's, it's huge. Um, yeah. Uh, that's all my takeaways from the cash from press conference. Uh, if you guys remember anything that you want to talk about, then yeah, go ahead. Who's, who's the wise guy that put, that put uh, Gary in the three hole. <laughs> I want to thank him. Yeah, right. Man, haven't we been talking about the three hole as a problem for like the whole year? And uh, yeah, and, it's the it's and, the 2018 and, uh, Yankees. This is what we <laughs> envisioned. <laughs> <laughs> judge uh, Judge Gary Stanton. You know. Yeah, that's that's true. Good. Um, Very good. Yeah. So. Anything else on Cashman's press conference? Um, well, it's nice to know that if one goes, they both go. If they, I mean, if you, you know, if you if you look at it that way, I mean, it's it that's really what it is. If one goes, they both go. So it's not going to be like Cashman's going to get a chance to to uh, correct correct his ills one more time. You know, yeah. I mean, you look at Cashman's history, and I could go on forever because uh, me being the old guy, he was he was a rising guy learning the system under Gene Michael and under uh, a couple of other guys back in the late in the mid to late nineties, and um, and, and they were a stud team. They, that's where they had their last big, great run. You know, he, uh, the, the 2009 world series win was after a big investment, uh, in, in free agency. It had, didn't have a whole lot to do. You had, you had, you still had your core for, core couple for, for, for a while there, but you didn't have the, you know, you didn't have a big investment from the farm system. And, and so, so, okay, so what have you got? I mean, when you look at it as a, what have you done for me lately type of a situation, you know, um, there is, there is a lot to talk about in a not so nice way about whether Cashman's doing an okay job. or not. Yeah. I, I mean, we talked about it last week with like, I brought up the starting pitching with how he's just hasn't got, he hasn't had the best track record to like going full out for a starting pitcher. Like, dude, you're hanging on to Jesus Montero and you have a chance to get Cliff Lee with that Yankees yeah. team. Like I bet they would have won more than just 2009 with Cliff Lee on that team. I mean, yeah. Sabathia and Cliff Lee in their prime, I mean, one, two in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, I, and then also, I mean, Sonny Gray trade, it didn't work out. I mean, he's put together good teams. I mean, there's nothing that you can't say that, but I mean, he's also had, the flexibility to have one of the top payrolls consistently uh, and the, the Rays are just as good with, with much less of a payroll. Uh, I yeah. mean, um, I know he hasn't been able to go to the, over the threshold every year, but that's kind of an unrealistic expectation in baseball right now. No one, no team goes over every year, but, and you know, I, I still believe this Yankee team will end up 
in a good spot come September. I, I don't know about World Series contender, but um, starting to play better baseball. I think they're starting to look more like what we can expect. And I, I think we will see them contend for the AL East. Um, but I, I mean, th- this is a big year for Cashman. I, I, I think they played they played their way into buying instead of selling with this last week of play though, though that was a very real conversation last week. They were one game over 500 and uh, you know, another, another bad two weeks you're talking about, do we trade Chapman and Britain for like we did in 2016? But anyway, we kind of, that's kind of a rehash um, conversation, but so on a a positive note, one more thing on a positive note. Okay. You look at their record against the other top teams in the AL right now, and short of short of the guys in the East, they're, they're, they they just took down the number one team in the West, two two games to one. They did they did oh, they did well against the White Sox. They did well against you know so they're they're playing the competition Astros. They're playing the competition that's going to be there later. Good well, they can't forget about their own division, and we've talked about that the whole time the whole time. Yeah. But but they are it's it's impressive to know that they're they're beating the big teams. Yeah, and, and as we talked about the division stuff, we, we recently yeah. it was they were fourteen and twenty one against the division going yeah. into that Toronto series, and they hadn't won a series against Toronto yet. Yep. And sweeping that, I mean, seventeen and twenty one looks a lot better than fourteen and twenty one. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I mean. That, that was actually that was a pretty fun series we'll get into it later uh, it was basically yeah. yankee stadium north <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh yeah next thing i want to get into is just i want to highlight a prospect um basically the only prospect people talk about right now with the yankees is jason dominguez the number one prospect in their system who hasn't even team. started yet but um <laughs> But someone who has a earlier, like, estimated time of arrival from as far as MLB.com, who is also playing well in high A this year with the Hudson Valley Renegades, is shortstop Oswald Peraza. And um, I don't know if this is someone who long-term would be someone who makes the Yankees team. I mean, maybe if they're in contention, he's a trade ship. But, you know, it's good to see someone – He's an international free agent. They didn't sign him to like big money considering the amount that international free agents uh, usually get, but he's the number four system, uh, no number four prospect in the Yankee system, 28 games with the Hudson Valley Renegades. He's batting 306 with a 386 OBP and a 917 OPS. So good to see someone at one of the hard, the hardest position to play. Uh, showing some promise in the Yankee system and you know he's ranked high in the Yankee system as well so I mean there, there's things to like like it from that standpoint uh, anything else uh, you guys have anything on Peraza have you heard of him before or no <laughs> I, I had I had but you know yeah I'm, I'm probably spending more time looking at the triple a guys and seeing if we've yeah. got any help there that we can bring up and of course we spent some time last week and my hopeful was trey ambergy well he's not disappointing down there he's still extremely consistent um and we've got a few other guys uh that are that are hitting the ball down there too but at the same time everybody the yankees have brought up this year has struggled mightily when they get to the big league level so what 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 do we really have yeah <laughs> you know, that's yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, yeah, Peraza, excited. I want to see like down the road because I feel like the Trevor Story stuff. And I know like you, you're you Ryan are big on Corey Seager for like this off season, like figuring like who's shortstop. But we also have like Peraza. We have Park, who's lighting up AAA. Ambergie, who's an outfielder, Greg Allen, who we traded for. So, like, I'm, yeah. I want to see some fresh blood kind of come into this Yankee team, but I know the way this roster is constructed right now and the way that they're treating the cap, I don't know if it's going to be possible. Because then you have the Odor situation where, if he doesn't finish out this season, we have to pay part of his contract. Then you have Clint and Anduhar who are 
I like Andujar right now, but again, he's not really an outfielder, but you don't really know what position he plays on defense and his bat is there. And then Clint has been a disappointment to say the least. And so like, you can't, you wouldn't want to put him into AAA and bring someone else up for a little bit to see what they have, because you don't want to wreck Clint's confidence at this moment. It's already probably a, a low and then to do that would make it worse maybe in this offseason going to spring training you see if maybe an ambergie or an allen or a floriel can like beat him out but yeah like park and the guy you just mentioned like for shortstop like that that kind of excites me because i think you guys know where i value glaber torres defensively as a second yeah. baseman and that would be interesting to just see how that works out maybe next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, obviously Glaber's defense has improved this year, but long-term I do expect him to maybe be moved. Uh, I, I do think the Yankees still will look at getting one of the top shortstops on the market this offseason. But um, moving on, something I quickly want to just brush on because I don't really care too much about it, but I'll start voting um the, the first update with the standings came out and um uh judge no surprise is currently on track to be a starter in the all-star game uh, and the two other guys that uh are on track to be starters with the voting are trout and buxton who are both hurt so yeah. barring barring something unforeseen judge will be starting the off uh, all-star game also, on, on a side note, he said he has no interest in the home run derby, which is <laughs> all good in my book. Yeah. He said he has no interest unless it's it comes back to New York, uh, the, the yeah. all-star games in New York, which uh, I, which is music to my ears because we all know how that home run derby in 2017, it contributed yep. to that, that shoulder issue he was dealing with. Um, yep. There's no voting as far as relievers go, uh, but... I, I think Loisica and Chapman are both deserving. Um, I think Chapman will make it. I think Loisica is more of a question because I just think name recognition, he's not up there, uh, but I would like to see him make it. And also when you look at catchers, Gary doesn't, Gary Sanchez doesn't deserve to start taking in his whole season numbers, mm-hmm. but uh, when you look at catchers around the league, he's certainly in the conversation to make the roster, in my opinion, as well. Anything else on that, guys? I uh, I can't think of anybody else other than Gio that I would want to see getting in, yeah. get in there and stuff. And the voting's not going to bring him in. He's going to be he'll he'll be a sub on the team. But I really hope he gets a shot. You know, anybody that can uh, uh, you know play the way he plays in the field is just phenomenal. So yeah. Made a, yeah. made a really nice play uh, the other day, by the way. He was just yeah. sitting down on the tarp, basically. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Jose? Yeah, I I would really like to see Judge make it. He, he's been the heart and soul of this team, pretty much leading the offense most of the time. Gary has been hot. That'd be really cool. And, like, Chapman, I feel like he's a closer who will probably make it name recognition and he also that, deserves it too like yeah he's been wise, great you know like before the last what like week and a half maybe where he's kind of well been a minnesota little weird game. yeah the minnesota game makes his era look so much worse than he's yeah. actually performed right. this year but of he's course. still under two he's still under two isn't he yeah yeah, yeah. i believe so yeah Hey, he's uh, he's either a, under or around. Yeah. There's another name missing from here. Cole. <laughs> duh. Mm. Yeah, duh. Right? It's almost like, a, <laughs> yeah, he's going to be yeah. in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe maybe we think of him as an afterthought. I don't know. But I think he's, you're right. I mean, a done deal <laughs> is, is, is the uh, situation. I think the question for him is, is he going to be named the starter or not? So, and that's just yeah, a question yeah. of where he, where he is in the days off between, between starts. So, yeah, there's yeah. other guys like Rodon from the Reds, the not Reds, yeah. White Sox who are White also Sox, probably yeah. in 
contention. The game's in Colorado, so there's not going to be any like American League hometown guy right. that will start. Right. Um, we'll we'll see what happens there. I, I, it would be cool to see Cole start that game. Yeah. Um, but moving on to probably the main thing we're going to talk about in this episode is trade targets and trade conversation. We kind of touched on it earlier. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I have some targets listed. Um, the main two for me are Cattell Marte and Starling Marte. Uh, those are both center fielders. Um, I'll start out by saying, I think the trade is pro I, I think it kind of has to be a center fielder judging by like how they don't really want judge in center field, but they've been forced to do it recently. Um, Adam Frazier is another name that would be a good player. Uh, doesn't play center, but an outfielder that would fit. Um, uh, of course, you always have to look at the starting pitching market, which uh, I, I don't think the Yankees will be in on because of that luxury tax conversation. It's not impossible, but I don't see them going after a guy like Jose Barrios or Kyle Gibson. I just see a team like the Blue Jays being more desperate for a starting pitcher, and I, I think the Yankees – more pressing need is in center field. And I think that Hicks injury is hurting them a lot more than people over the Yankee fan base overall thinks. Um, yeah. I, I mean, getting a proven player in here, we, I think I said before we started recording, we were talking about calling up an outfielder like Trey Ambergie, but I, eventually I think with this team, you got to get someone proven in here and Cattell Marte and Starling Marte are two the two guys that are, are those are, top of my list so who's how many more years do we have of uh um, aaron hicks aaron hicks's contract that that was going to be my thing um, yeah i'll i'll look thing, it up right now the thing here's a here's a good point with starling Marte. he is a center fielder he can play middle of infield as well but you can also later uh since start uh can tell Marte, since he is controllable until after the 2024 season, you can slide Hicks to left field as well mm. in future years, which would, yeah. that would be a really good outfield, honestly. Yeah. Like you'd be set with, with Judge and right, uh, Marte in center and, and Hicks in left. Uh, I mean, Yankees, yeah. we came into this year <laughs> thinking we'd have a stacked outfield, but I mean, I'd be much more comfortable with that than <laughs> what we've had this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think that would uh, might might uh, well Jose. I'll let you talk. About it. I was going to go. I was going to go minor league options if if Judge if uh, Hicks has got a lot left. So. Uh, I, Hicks Hicks does have a lot left in the yeah. sense of yeah. he signed a seven year, seventy million contract. He's with us yeah. till at least uh twenty twenty five with yeah. I believe a club option in 2026 so he could be off the books then but i think i hadn't really thought about what ryan just said is that if if we were to get cartel Marte, you could you could feasibly put hicks in left and Mm -hmm. that would that would kind of clear up the situation with guardies on his last leg if not his last leg he's getting close to it and then the left field is now is your regular day starters and Duhar and Fla- Frazier. Not super excited about that <laughs> without some changes. Yeah. <laughs> right. So if you get Marte and then you have control over him for a little bit, the issue is that what are we giving up for Marte? It would take a lot to get him, which is why I, I mean, yeah. I think, I, I don't think, I would get. I, I, it's very. It's very possible that the Yankees land him, but I, I don't think, as of right now, my gut says no. And I think, yeah, Starling Marte, who is a rental, who is also like, he's also a better defender than Cattell Marte in center, center as mm-hmm. well. We've dealt with Jeter before. We've made deals with Jeter <laughs> before. Um, uh, so. My gut right now says Starling Marte will be the center fielder for the rest of the year. But the upside with Cattell Marte is that he would be around for a while. He he would be that instant impact player that we could use. I, I mean, and 
who knows what they'll be doing with the three hole. I mean, yeah. He, he could fit in there uh, if they're still playing with that, but not only would he be an instant impact this year, but you would have him for years to come after that, which would, would be a good, it would be a good thing for a team that's trying to contend for a world series and try to pro- probably honestly trying to extend that world series window that, that they think is open right now. So. Yeah, I think the, we have two Martes, which is the funny yeah. part. And yeah, one's right. a rental and one is more of a more long lasting. Yeah. I I think I think if we get either one of them, they're both like quality contact bats with speed. It, it'd be interesting to see where they fit in. Is is DJ still batting leadoff? Like what especially yeah. with uh, Starling Marte being a switch hitter, like what it gets very Cartel's a switch hitter. Cartel's a switch hitter. Sorry, but, me and names, yeah. right? <laughs> but yeah. it it gets interesting. So, so I think I, I would... want to pose a question. Po- Sorry, Brian, but do you think that either of these brings us from where we're at to World Series or? Maybe wait well, and figure out what we do in the off season, and then see if we make the leap there. Kind of, how do you guys feel? Well, I mean, as far as like um, the other improvements with the team, you're hoping with guys returning from injury, paired with getting a legit center fielder, then you could realistically see this team contending for a World Series. I, I believe so. Uh, I mean we've already seen the bats kind of turn it around. Uh, Judges has hit us, hit a slump this past week and the lineup is still hitting as well. Uh, Guardy's starting to look better. Stanton is, is starting to look a little better. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I know how low the points have been this year. I mean, don't get me wrong, but I, I still believe that, you know, you get a center fielder, I think Hicks, like I said before, I think Hicks injury, it has hurt us more than people like to say this year. I think people have kind of forgotten about it. Um, lack of production in the outfield has been a problem. And especially like like Starling Marte getting a good defender in center field could probably help out those corner outfielders as well. Uh, if you're having Andohar sure. and left and or Clint, whoever earns more playing time, you know, He's a uh, Sterling Marte. Just looking at his, his, uh, you know, stats and career. He's a, he's a, he's a typical high two hundreds, uh, you know, he, he typically a high two hundreds type batting average with, uh, he's already got, you know, a two and a half war for this year. So that's not bad. Right. Um, for the year, he's got 10 stolen bases already. I mean, he brings speed, he brings defense, he brings veteran presence. Um, you know, he's probably in the league for four years younger than Gardy. Um, and, and stuff from that he's not you know it's, he's been around for a while so I think he's good I actually was looking at the Marlins pitching staff uh, for a little bit there and seeing okay so if, what are the assets the Yankees have to trade and really right now it's pitchers if you think about if you think about Miggy or you think about Frazier their throw-ins on on somebody else of value to the team we're going to go grab from so uh, and they've got a very, very young pitching staff, the Miami Marlins do, and super young, super talented, by the way. I mean, they just need to grow into it. But they could use some real good veteran uh, relief le- leadership. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, – so I'm, I'm – you know, I, I don't want to say – I don't want to say too much, but I think, the, I think there's some veteran relief pitchers the Yankees have that could be prime trade targets of something like that to help the Marlins out. So – um, you know, and if Marte is coming in and he's really just there to finish out the year and, and then move on to his next contract, you know, hopefully that, that, you know, gives us a little more time to find other answers or we get, we convince him to come and come back for a year or two. So. Yeah. Starling Marte would take a substantial, like less amount. Yep. Yeah. Then could tell Marte, I'm going to, I'm going to pull up the Yankees top 10 prospects real quick. So just to throw some <clears throat> out there that like could be included in a trade. Um, 
I know like Luis Gill is someone, but yeah. I don't know if they'll give him up for a rental, but I mean, Luis yeah. Medina uh, is also someone think, to keep an eye I think, on. I think those two are kind of guys that they want to keep around. And so it wouldn't yeah. be for like, it would be for Cattell. Like they would, they would be yeah. more lenient because they would have him till 2024. And then you would have to figure out the Hicks and him stuff and putting Hicks in left field and kind of figuring yeah. that out. I think that would make more sense for him, but I don't know for, for Starling, it gets kind of interesting because then they're, they're last in their division last year. They were a playoff team, but it was with the weird playoff rules so it kind of gets like, are they, it seemed like they were going to flip the script and no longer be in a rebuild last season. But now it seems like they've fallen back into their regular habits. They are eight, only eight games out of first place, like looking at their standings, but it's, it's less likely that they would make the playoffs at this moment. So giving them a veteran arm would kind of be, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know how what what the, value they would put in that. They might want they'll, prospect. They'll they'll be looking for prospects in all likelihood. I mean, Jeter even after they made the pla- the playoffs last year was like, yeah, this is still um this is still going to take a while. They've been yeah. yeah. He's being really patient with that um with that build over there. I mean, they're 9 games under 500 right now. So, I mean, I, I think they'll take a more long-term approach and so something to note with the relievers, I believe Zach Britton, like who is one of those veteran guys um, that I, I wouldn't see the Yankees trading anyway, but he has a no trade clause, I believe. And Chapman might, ha- might have the same. So the guy, if the Yankees had a bad week and we're talking about selling right now, Chad mm-hmm. Green was the guy that was, that would bring the most back. But, um, yeah. yeah. Yankees aren't, Yankees aren't doing that. I mean, if you keep playing good baseball, the Yankees aren't trading any any of those guys away. So I think they're they're more buyers at this moment, and it's more yeah. of like who whoever they buy. Yeah, like I, they would have to be really good players to lift this team over into like this World Series window. Like a center fielder is necessary. Starting pitcher yeah. is like okay. Like our pitching rotation and bullpen, I feel okay with to take us to where we want to go. It's more of like this center left field area is where this oddness is happening. Because if Voight comes back, Odor, who's the yeah. weak batter of this lineup, kind of fades out into a once a week guy, like one and a half games a week. And that kind of flips the whole rotation. I just want a fly ball to not be an adventure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and so when you when you put Frazier in right and Miggy in left and Miggy's getting better, but, you know, and, and then you got guys tagging up at first on Guardy and center. And, you know, I just want a fly ball to, to not be an adventure. So when you think of Judge and one of the Martes and – and uh, and then put Guardian left. I mean, I'm okay with it. I'd be even okay with that for the rest yeah. of the year, but you need some offense too. But, but you know, that uh, center fielder would solve a whole lot of field problems and, yeah. uh, and defensive problems. And, and so that, that to me, you're, you're hundred percent, right. Let's, let's, let's go after one of these guys. I will yeah. say that, I, hey, you know, let me let me get my scouting report out on, on Jesse Winker, okay? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, guys having a really good year. I mean, the guy guys had more. He has more hits so far in 2021 than any any of the seasons he's played for the Cincinnati Reds since 2017. And so he's 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 hot. He's there. Uh, offensively, he's definitely a plus. You know, WAR kind of guy in the twos and threes. The challenge is he's got a negative war defense so far, um, but he's not, he's not bad out there, but, but when a guy's got 85 hits already this season and what are the Yankees, the Yankees leading hit getter is 70 it's DJ. So, um, you know, I mean, we, we could, we could use the offense, we could use the lefty bat and we could use somebody who's capable in the outfield too. Um, and, 
and uh, he, yeah, he he probably would would rival uh, taking a whole bunch from the Yankees in in a return trade, um, I think uh, to some degree. But I'm very happy that the Padres swept them, so that makes the Reds potential thinking about thinking more about sellers rather than buyers. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. Th- that's mainly the uh, the all the names that people are talking about in the trade market right now there's more guys out there that are kind of less appealing like joe joey gallo and guys like that but center field is the target you know yeah i i definitely think that uh from what i have gleaned from mlb twitter and all that stuff is that center field might be a big trade target for a lot of teams and that's where it becomes yeah. the issue because the yankees have tried to hold on to their prospects more so i wonder if they're going all right we don't know if a Marte will give us the world series like bump us to this extreme level where we're confident about the world series instead of like you know we'll make it to the american league like finals but i don't we don't know about going all the way i think that I don't know if they're going to sell a whole bunch of prospects on a year where they really weren't willing to go over the cap and all that stuff. I wonder if next year's the year where they kind of, if Boone and Cashman are still here next year, if that's the year where they really go all out. I, I would, my gut says right now before, before we get to Brian's history lesson that yeah. Yeah. Like I, I see, I see them going over the luxury tax threshold next year. Yeah, I see them targeting one of those Seager's stories, or hey, Carlos Correa is a free agent. I know people wouldn't love that, but <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> but he's one turn. of those. He's <clears throat> one of those three guys that are available. Those elite shortstops. Um, yeah, I mean, I, maybe even another. <laughs> A picture. Wow. wow. <laughs> maybe prior to social media, maybe prior to social media, that would have been okay. You know, yeah. bringing a, uh, you know, Brand X over. But I don't. I don't think. I don't think Corey. The... I don't think he's coming here. I, I don't think he wants to come to the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. obviously the the guy that I think most of us would like was was probably is probably Corey Seager because he's a lefty. Yeah. But yeah. Trevor Story is also pretty much just as good so yeah. I, I mean i'd be thrilled to get yeah the player of that caliber regardless of what what yeah. uh side they hit from but um yeah we seem to have a better relationship with rocky's players anyway so yeah. um, <laughs> this is true that's very very possible so but yeah you know, it's going to be interesting times we've got six weeks left right six weeks before the trade deadline it trades yeah. on july 30th and got more and, and one week one week doesn't make a season here and i'm gonna yeah you know uh i'm pumping the brakes as much as we got five out of six and now we got the royals coming into town and stuff i'm uh, i'm very optimistic about the the yankees chances but boy they, they've got to put up they've got to put together some consistent weeks of plus ball yeah um, yeah that's that's you hope that this is a stepping stone like yes so we're get, I think we'll get into this next podcast that we're going to record pretty soon. But my mm-hmm. my big scare is having an other Detroit Tigers situation. That's yeah. that's my thing with the yeah. Royals is if you go into that and you kind of just go, we're getting ready for the Red Sox and then you get swept. And then now we're back in this cycle of what the heck are we doing? Right. But again, that's Tuesday episode stuff. But uh, yeah, like I'm excited for what they do on the trade down line. I no longer think we're sellers. I just don't know how much we will be into the buying and what, what they'll be willing to give up for a Marte to really put us over, get us into that bump. So I'm, I'm excited. Um, I think if we got Stalling Marte, I'd be extremely happy. And I think that we would be able to talk to him about coming back next season. Like he would, I, I don't know how much of a rental he would end up being depending on like yeah. what we send over to the Marlins. Right. Yeah. We want to get into Brian's history before we wrap up. 
yeah, I was about to say any more, any more topics, any more thoughts we have? I think that's pretty or much we're ready. it for me. <clears throat> you good too? Brian, you ready to take us? Right. I am ready. Okay, back guys. Back in time. <clears throat> so I'll take you back in time. Not too far. Sometimes I, got, sometimes I take a dive way back. But uh, I'm going to go back just to two events um, this day in 2005. And, and it's kind of relevant as the Yankees continue to focus on trying to not only catch the Rays, but now catch the Red Sox because, uh, you know, the Red Sox are still playing good ball. But the Yankees this day in 2005, the Yankees spotted the Rays a 10 to 2 lead. But then ended up winning the game 20 to 11. OK, and it was the second time back when the Rays were the Rays, as opposed to the Rays being the champion and competitive Rays that they are today. Um, but back then, that was the second time in the Rays' short history that they had led a game by eight runs and then lost a game by more than eight runs and, uh, and stuff. And so that was, that was, those were the poultry days. But they're not there anymore. But gives us a little positivity to say, hey, the Yankees were able to – the Yankees have spotted them a lead in the division. And now they're coming back and they're going to try to they're going to try to continue to eat away at it and get their way toward the top. Father's Day in 1998, about 27 years, 28 years after uh, uh, after the Jim Bouton, um, who was a really good, he came up in the Yankee organization as a pitcher, um, was a 21 game winner in one of his seasons, and then spent some other time with a couple of other teams as he's going through. But he's most famous for writing the, the book in, in Ball Four. And <clears throat> Ball Four was a super controversial book when it came out in 1970 because it kind of exposed a lot of stuff that was going on in the locker room and on the travel on the planes and stuff and, and things and kind of kind of gave everybody a real good a good insight as to what was going on um, behind the scenes for a team, not just when they get on the field. And he had some really interesting stories in that book. And he kind of kind of broke the mold in terms of uh, exposing some of the more fun sides of Mickey Mantle um, and stuff. And one of the great stories in that book was um, <clears throat> that um, Mickey Mantle was uh, they, had, they had gone out to party on a Saturday night, Sunday game. It's a day game. Mickey, uh, they had all had pretty good, pretty good amount of alcohol and, and Mickey comes in and he is hungover really desperately. And so Ralph Houck says, okay, hey, Mick, listen, I'm going to well, find somebody else to take your place today. Go, go, go sleep it off in the lot, in the, in the uh, trainer's room and stuff. And he literally did. He slept almost the entire game. The game goes to extra innings. <clears throat> they needed a pinch hitter in the 10th inning. Somebody runs down into the trainer's room, gets Mick comes up, grabs a bat, takes one practice swing, steps into the box and smacks a home run over the left field wall and they win the game. <clears throat> comes back as he's rounding the bases, he comes back, forgets to step on home plate. So he just misses home on his way, gets into the dugout. They go, no, no, man, you gotta go back and touch home plate. It's not official. Get him to go back, touch home plate. He comes back and, and he's looking at the crowd and the crowd's going ballistic and, and he's looking at the crowd and he says to the team, he goes, that was a lot tougher than anything I've ever had to do in a long time. <laughs> and, and it gets better. One of the, he's interviewed at the end of the game and they go, Mick, how, how could you do that? Take one swing, you step in the batter's box and stuff. And he goes, let me tell you, it was really tough, but how did you do it? And he goes, well, I made sure I swung and hit the middle ball. Meaning he's seeing three of them. <laughs> so, so these are the kind of stories. So if you if you get a chance to read Bull Four, these are the kind of stories that are out there and stuff and just a lot. Of, but it was really good. But anyway, when Bouton said, "Hey, I'm," you know, when Bouton released the book Ball Four and exposed all this stuff, he was persona non grata around the Yankee organization, and it took almost twenty nine years. And his son, who, who wrote a letter and it got published in the New York Times on Father's Day in 1998, said, isn't it about time you brought him home? How often do you have these 21 game winners, these guys who are almost career Yankees? Yeah, the book is the book, but time to bring him home. And, and sure enough, a month later, he's in the old timers game in 1998 and they brought him home. 
Here's the last side fact. Did you guys know? Do you guys know who invented Big League Chew bubblegum? How many did you would you play Little League? Yeah. 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 Did you ever chew bubblegum while you were in a dugout? Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever get the do you ever get the pouches of bubblegum chewing in the dugout? Yeah, big league chew. Yeah. yeah. Big yeah, league chew. Everybody knows big league chew, right? Jim Bowden invented it. Did not know that. Now there's your that. that's the rest of the story right there. So yeah, he he and he apparently they were they were all they were in a uh trip they were in a minor league complex or something and he and this other guy decide you know they're talking everybody's trying to chew uh tobacco and they're all getting sick they're throwing up in the dugout they're throwing up in the bullpen and stuff and they said there's got to be a better way and on the off season he got together with this guy and said i think we got an idea here and they grabbed got a contract they got a lawyer went and grabbed a contract with one of the bubble gun companies and the rest as they say is is history so Oh yeah, there you go. I'll end it on that. Big league chew, ball four, and he's back in the Yankee organization on a Father's Day. That's your Father's Day message right there. There you go. I definitely saw that on our rundown, and was very much waiting for that part because I was like, "Wait, anyway." <laughs> That'll be the end of this part of this week's podcast, the Monday episode. Uh, a lot of upbeat feelings here after this week and those will continue into Tuesday's episode which will go into the in-depth diving of the games the week that happened all the good and excitement that we are continuing to feel uh, thank you for listening definitely take out New York Sports Nation and all the stuff that that website offers it's awesome we all write for it we course do a podcast for it definitely check it out the twitters all that have a good day and definitely listen to what will be coming out next well tuesday tomorrow uh around noon uh thank you very much